Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. Hi, this is John Currens. I'm the uh, author of Big Bad Breakfast, the most important book of the day, chef and owner of the City Grocery Restaurant Group in Oxford, Mississippi. You're the 2009 James Beard Award winner for Best Chef in the South, and according to the New York Times, you're the best-known chef in Mississippi. While working on a tugboat in the Gulf of Mexico, did you know way back then that you wanted to be a chef and restaurateur? Uh, I did not. The, um, the, the job as, uh, as cook on that tugboat came as a, as a, as a complete surprise, actually, uh, when I arrived for my first day of work on the, uh, on the boat, the, uh, the captain informed me that, um, by virtue of the fact that I was the lowest man on the totem pole, that also meant that I was the cook. And, um, so that, uh, that was, that's sort of how I was thrown into it, um, uh, I had a, an incredible time that summer, just working in this tiny little tugboat galley kitchen, cooking for these guys, and you know, basically having to you know learn to swim on my own. Um, you know, when when I told the the captain that I you know I really didn't know, you know, I'd never cooked before. Uh, you know, like in a in a restaurant situation, I'd spent time in kitchens with my you know my parents and grandparents and what have you. Um, you know, he said he said, look. This is not that big a deal. You know, you're cooking for a bunch of Cajuns, and so as long as you don't mess up the coffee and the rice, you know, everything else, you know, is an afterthought. And uh, so here's a copy of The Joy of Cooking, and, you know, when when uh, when pork chops come in with the grocery, just look in the back of the book uh, in the index for a pork chop recipe and cook one you like. And put it over the rice, and everything will be fine. So there it was, and uh, that, uh, that, was my, that was my first job. I enjoyed it. It certainly lit a fire, but you know, by by no means did I go away from, you know, that going. You know, I'm, I'm ready to, you know, to, to chase Paul Bocuse. In Big Bad Breakfast, you have ten commandments of breakfast. The ninth commandment is Thou shall not overcook. For all of us home cooks, how do we make perfectly scrambled eggs? You you start a a cold pan with some clarified butter, um, and there's a there's an, an explanation in there for um, how to clarify butter, and and when you when you do that, you're basically melting butter slowly so that you separate the three parts. Butter is is made up of uh, of um, butter fat, milk solids, and water. And when you when you melt it, um, those those three things separate immediately, and your water will basically boil out or evaporate. And the milk solids are the little white. Uh, they, they actually, you know, it's, it's it's like a it is a white solid that sort of drops out of the uh, the the butter um, to the bottom of the pan. And so when you cook butter and it blackens in the pan uh, on high heat, it's actually those milk solids burning. When when it when it separates and you ladle the butter fat off the top, you have this clear oil fat for frying, and it burns at a much higher temperature than butter naturally does. Um, and the butters, the the milk solids cause things to stick. So you really want to use clarified butter, one in a cold pan, two, and start that uh, ladle, uh, like sort of a tablespoon or two um, of oil or, or butter fat, you know, just over a, uh, a medium flame, and uh, you know, and and just let it begin to warm up, you know, sort of about thirty or forty-five seconds. And then you scramble your eggs and just make sure that you scramble your eggs really well. 
Um, season them with salt and pepper, and for every egg, you know, add about uh, a uh, three quarters of a tablespoon of milk. You just go immediately into the pan, and what we really try to do. I mean, I like a wet scramble. Uh, you know, I, to me, um, I do not understand. You know, anybody who wants a yolk cooked hard. And uh, and so you know when we cook like I, I, and I say you know cook the eggs uh, wet it's not as if they're running all over the plate when we finish them um, like you want to cook them until the egg curds are just barely finished and they still have a nice sheen and they still look very moist when they go onto the plate and you know to me you know those are the uh, the, the the perfectly scrambled eggs. And do you prefer white or black pepper with your eggs? Uh, personally, I I prefer black pepper. One of my very dear friends, Ben Barker, um, who he and his wife had the uh, Magnolia Grill in, uh, in Durham, North Carolina, which was one of the finest restaurants that uh, that ever served people food. Um, we had a very simple conversation one time, wherein I asked Chef um, what he wanted in his recipe, and he looked at me and he goes, and he said. <laughs> White pepper is for sissies, and turned around and walked away. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. David Chang wrote your foreword, and in it, he described one of his worst hangovers ever. What was your cure for him? We came up with this dish called the pylon, Um, and it's spelled P-Y-L-O-N, but it it is sort of a double entendre because Mm -hmm. uh, we are piling on uh, ingredients uh, in this dish uh, like crazy, and so we took a a crispy Belgian waffle, um, which is a little bit sweet in nature. And we sort of spread that with uh, Tabasco mayonnaise and yellow mustard and then take a, uh, a griddled hot dog or two that uh, we sort of almost blacken on the, uh, on the flat top, on, uh, on the flat sides, uh, and slice that up and then top that with chili, slaw, uh, jalapeno peppers, pickle relish, Onions um, and, uh, and and crumbled oyster crackers oh to, uh, to finish it, and it really is one of the most beautiful things in the entire world. Oh, <laughs> cheese! Of course, I've, I've forgotten cheese. Oh yes, the cheese. The real icing on the cake, um, and it is—it's absolutely wonderful. You have all these flavors of a hot dog, but then you get the sort of sweet waffle as a bun, uh, you know, instead of a hot dog bun, and you just eat it with—you know—you can eat it with a giant spoon and. And it really, you know, I did watch it in that day um, bring Dave back from the dead. Talk a little bit about pancakes, waffles, and crepes, and why you think that chapter could be called The Brutally Cruel Deception of Breakfast. Pancakes always seem like a great idea. Um, it's, I guess it's like a larger version of donuts in, uh, in my mind that, uh, you know, there, there are these things, not as much for kids, um, but I think, you know, really adults, it's one of the, you know, pancakes, one of those things that, you know, you, every once in a while you end up at a breakfast place going, man, how about a stack of pancakes? And then all of a sudden, you know, they arrive and you've got this giant mound of basically, you know, it's basically fried birthday cake, you know, with no icing, but there's butter and powdered sugar and syrup all over it. And so, you know, you get about three bites in and invariably go, God, I wish I'd just gotten a couple of eggs and a piece of toast. You know? <laughs> I just want to—I want this bit of my my metabolism, my life's metabolism back. <laughs> I want to lie uh, down, right? And uh, and so, 
so that's that's sort of why I, I tease my way through the uh, the opening of that chapter with uh, with that sort of story. So let's talk pimento cheese. You have a recipe for it on page two hundred four, and I remember growing up in Kansas in the seventies, and my mom would shove pimento cheese into celery and call it an appetizer. What the heck is pimento cheese, and what do you do with it? Well, in the South, we consider it a vegetable. I think it, it's it's funny because uh, uh, you know just my my grandmother's generation in in particular, um, and you know, and now sort of my my mother's generation, I think are 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 highly amused at you know at the fact that you know that we look at pimento cheese from from sort of a an academic standpoint now. So it's something that was just so sort of taken for granted that uh, you know that uh, I think there is this certain segment of the population that said, you know, you're going to charge me $8 for what exactly? Right. Remember when it came in that clear jar? Oh yeah. I mean, there's still tubs of it in the, uh, in the grocery store now, but it, you know, it is something, you know, it is a food stuff, you know, that we grew up with and just sort of took for granted because it did come, you know, it was horribly processed stuff that came out of these tubs, you know, like so many other, you know, things from, you know, our childhood, that chefs have gone back and said, "Well, what? Let's let's pull this apart and see, you know, what happens when we do it ourselves and when we apply, you know, sort of high, more high-minded principles and quality ingredients to it." And so, you know, pimento cheese is really very little more than a uh, a blend of a, a shredded cheese, um, some mayonnaise, and uh, and then usually, you know, canned diced uh, pimentos. If I had to venture a guess, I've probably made 250 different versions of pimento cheese in the last 25 years. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's something that, you know, I'm constantly tweaking and, you know, in there, you, you make sort of different ones for different reasons and different price points. And so we've, you know, we've done everything from, you know, making our own cheese and, you know, and our own mayonnaise and, uh, you know, roasting our own peppers, um, you know, to, you know, uh, prepackaged cheese and shredded, you know, to the degree that we wanted and, uh, and, uh, prepared mayonnaise. It's, it's really, really, really good on a hamburger, I'll say. But it's absolutely abysmal, uh, on a grilled cheese. It's very strange. That is interesting because you think it would, it would melt perfectly. It uh, yeah, but it really doesn't because with the mayonnaise in it, the uh, the emulsion in the mayonnaise breaks from the heat, um, and so it just it it becomes this kind of broken mess at best. So you've been very active in politics, leading the protest effort against the Mississippi Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and I wasn't going to bring up this presidential election until I saw your piece on extra crispy, where you made one dish for Hillary Clinton and one for Donald Trump. What were those dishes, and are you actively involved in this election coming up? Well, I'm, I'm not as I'm not as involved as uh, as I would like to be. You know, we have have sort of moved from such a you know a focused democracy to um, this just capitalist experiment gone wrong, and you know we are a capitalist evangelist at this point, self interest. Um, has completely uh, has trumped reason um, and sensibility. Uh, you know, I think on both sides of the aisle. You know, the, the bottom line for me is, 
you know, yeah, I think that we need a change in this country. I think we desperately need a change when it comes to the executive. But I don't think that anybody is despicable as Donald Trump you know, has proven himself to be over and over and over again every time he opens his mouth, every time his dumbass son opens his mouth and proves that they're just these xenophobic, racist, sexist morons, that that person has the character for one second to lead this country. And so, yeah, I'm I'm going to continue to argue for that and forever and ever, I mean, until November 8th and beyond. So on Extra Crispy... What did you make for Donald Trump? I, I, I made I made monkey bread. That uh, that this was this giant nutty sweet thing that you know on the surface appeared um, you know to be to be good, um, but it was really full of just phony doughy nonsense, um, <laughs> and that ultimately is just a terrible terrible choice for you. Where when I made Hillary Clinton a sort of a classic Fenerb omelet. Um, you know, it is kind of the same old thing, um, but clearly the two, the choice between the two of them, you know, the uh, the classic French omelet, while it might not be much of a change from your normal daily routine, uh, it clearly makes more sense. What can we expect from you next? Well, we're we're opening a uh, a series of, of big bad breakfasts in the uh, in the next year or eighteen months. There will certainly be a, another book uh, coming down the pipe. Uh, I'm not sure exactly yet uh, what it will be, but uh, I, I, have, I have a lot of fun writing because it, uh, it sort of gives me the ability to put uh, you know, a lot of those thoughts that I have on paper. So while I continue to sort of want to write a uh, sort of a chef's narrative, uh, I think it'll probably be uh, another cookbook. It's just a, a matter of what that will be. We're at uh, citygroceryonline.com. There is also chefjohncurrents.com. Find me on Twitter at BigBadChef and Instagram at uh, JohnnySnack. Big Bad Breakfast, the most important book of the day. Thanks, John, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.